believe there were five dogs that were left at an abandoned house when the owners moved away. And the dog that I ended up fostering, her name was Pearl, marched herself over a mile up the road to the neighbor's house. And that's how those dogs ended up getting discovered. I'm Phil Hatterman, and this is Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Today, volunteer Stephanie Robinson tells us about the wonderful work being done by Lucky 13 Rescue and how you can help them. If you're new to this podcast, in each episode, we explore the world of dog care and companionship. We save each other is the motto of Rosie Fund, which simply means the more we do for dogs, the more they do for us, and they already do a lot. If you love dogs, you'll love Dog Words. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions. Go to the podcast page at rosiefund.org to share your thoughts. We welcome suggestions for topics and guests. That's the only way we know which ones you like. So if you tell us, then we'll try to deliver more of that. Please download, subscribe, rate, and most importantly, share dog words. Celebrate five years of Rosie Fund by supporting our campaign to sponsor 50 dogs. You can donate on our website or Facebook page. You can also contribute by making a purchase from the store on our website or buying a t-shirt at bonfire.com. Links are in the description. In each episode, I thank alternative string duo The Wires for allowing us to use their beautiful music on Dog Words. Their generosity allows us to enhance the production value of this podcast without having to pay for licensing. To continue distributing music, they need fans to buy it and subscribe to their online concerts. You can even hire them for a private, socially distanced concert. Learn more about The Wires at thewires.info and download their music on iTunes. Please follow Rosie Fund on social media, especially subscribing to the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel that offers great videos of Rosie, Peaches, and Shelter Dogs, including some exclusive content. Commission friend of Dog Words, Ashley Shans, to sketch a beautiful memento of your pet. The proceeds benefit charities, and it makes a great gift, especially if you know someone who has lost a pet. Please use the keyword Rosie, R-O-S-I-E, when you contact Ashley if you want Rosie Fund to be the beneficiary charity. Go to Ashley's Facebook page, Shanza's Sketchbook, or her new website, Shanza'sSketchbook.com. Both are linked in the description. Next time on Dog Words, our congenial guest, Alan Chan of Golden Gate Veterinary Compounding Pharmacy, explains an alternative to the traditional method of delivering medication to pets. If you're responsible for the well-being of an animal, whether it's a pet or livestock, you'll want to listen to this episode. The mission of Rosie Fund is to provide humans with the resources and education they need to give senior and harder-to-adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. Today's guest on Dog Words is Stephanie Robinson from Lucky 13 Rescue. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. Before we talk about Lucky 13 Rescue, I want to ask you about how you began your interest in dogs and rescue and how you got with Lucky 13. But I do want to let our listeners know that joining us in studio is Peach's Delight. So if you hear scratching or howling or a very dramatic sigh, that's neither Stephanie nor myself. That's Peach's making her contribution. Now she's going to go lay down in front of the fire and relax and uh, we're recording this a couple weeks out from when it airs, and this is a good day to be just curled up in front of the fire. I envy peaches. And I want to thank Stephanie for making the trek out in the cold and the snow to do this socially distanced interview in our studio. Absolutely. So, Stephanie, have you always been a dog lover? Have you always had dogs? 
I have always loved animals. I haven't always been a dog lover. I was more of a cat person initially. My dad was not an animal person at all. So we had to fight to get one animal in our home and we picked a cat, me and my sisters. So we went and got a cat from Wayside Waifs way back in the day and he was our everything. And then as we got older, we kept bugging him for other pets. So we got a guinea pig and a, and then a rabbit, hamsters. But it wasn't until I moved out of state that I got my first dog. So my sister and I were living in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and we were part of the Fort Wayne Ballet. And every nutcracker season, they would pair with Fort Wayne Animal Care and Control and bring in dogs for their nutcracker party scene, which was super cool. It was a great idea. My director loves animals and was a big rescue um, person with Fort Wayne Animal Care and Control. So she came up with this idea and it was really fun. We got tons of dogs adopted that way. And that's how we got Robbie. So Robbie was a six-year-old Boston Terrier, just the coolest dog, like He sat on stage at the party scene still the whole time, was the best little performer. We saw him backstage after, and we were just like, oh, I can't not see him again. So Mm -hmm. we made an appointment to go to look at him and then fell in love, adopted him, and he became our newest little creature to care for away from home. So he spotted you all and picked you out. He really did. I'm going to work you. He really did, honestly. It's so funny because we had never even thought about adopting a dog. And then we saw him and and he saw us and it was just like not even an option to not do it. So we made it work. And then the next year, a mutcracker happened again and we ended up adopting another senior dog. Uh, And I think I missed it when you said it the first time. Yes. Mutt. The mutcracker. Mutcracker. That's clever. It was clever. Miss Karen did a great job with that. Yeah, the next year, we thought Robbie was kind of lonely, like we were gone quite a bit of the time, and there was another senior dog that was in Muttcracker, and we went to take a look at Phyllis and ended up with our second senior rescue dog in two years, and then we put the cap on that. We were done adopting dogs, Mm -hmm. but they were best friends and just such an enrichment to our life, Mm -hmm. and it was so much fun to watch them from being, you know, sad, lonely, scared in the shelter to coming into our home and developing their personalities. And and that's one of the big challenges with adopting from a shelter is that dogs don't always do well in a shelter environment so that it doesn't present well. When you go shopping for anything, they highlight the packaging to draw your attention and they put the premier items at eye level that are the best cost margins for the store and just the way you know car dealerships display the cars you go to a shelter it doesn't matter what the staff and the volunteers do for dog enrichment if that dog is overwhelmed by that environment and they're huddling at the back of the the kennel they're less likely to get adopted They're not going to catch someone's eye or someone's going to think, okay, this is a neurotic dog or a high-maintenance dog. It's not until you get them out of the shelter that you see, as you did, how a dog might blossom, what its true personality is. It's also why it's important to talk to the staff and the volunteers because they know. They're the ones taking the dogs on the walks or for a dog day out and have seen, here's what this dog is really like when it's not in this artificial environment. Definitely, and that's one thing I love about fostering is because by the time 
we get an approved application and we're on a meet and greet, I can tell them so much about the Mm -hmm. dog. And I feel like that sets the dog up for success with their new family because you can really tell them the good, the bad, the things that they should watch out for. Whereas we didn't have that at all when we adopted our two dogs. I mean, the shelter in Fort Wayne does a Mm -hmm. great job, but it's not the same as having the pet have lived in a home with people Mm -hmm. like Phyllis, our second Rescue from Fort Wayne ended up that when we got her, she wasn't even housebroken. She was seven years old, clearly abused to some point. Mm -hmm. Whenever you'd step towards her, she'd flinch. The first night that she came home, she just slept under our bed, like wouldn't even get up on on the bed or the furniture. Um, So she was especially fun to watch come out of her shell. But I think that's so great about fostering is that you get to provide a safe space for them to become the dog Mm -hmm. that they are before they even meet their prospective family. certainly makes them more adoptable. And you talked about what uh, change they made in your life, what a blessing they were to you. And with Rosie Fund, our motto is we save each other because we're told this is the case when we had Rosie and now with Peaches that we shower them with so much affection and take such good care of them. People will tell us, boy, that dog won the lottery. It's nice for the dog, but the lottery winner is us. I I think we benefit more than the dog does. Definitely. Our apartment didn't really feel like home until we adopted Robbie. And then Phyllis kind of completed our little family. And that was really a huge blessing because it's hard moving away from home for the first time and not knowing anyone and until you make friends. And even though I was lucky to have my sister, it's not the same as having your whole friend group and all of your family. Mm-hmm. So that was such a huge blessing to us. For fans of Boston Terriers, here's an aside. If you haven't listened to our episode with Megan Levins, I will put a link to that in the description for this episode. But she has two Boston Terriers, Bones and Ozzy, and you can follow their exploits and adventures with Megan's comic strip, The Goobies. I'm going to have to check that out. You I'm need a to check out The Goobies. And Megan is a talented artist and works. If you follow the comics uh, and graphic novels for Star Trek and Star Wars, you have probably seen Megan's work. And she brings that same talent to uh, the Gooby strips. And any dog owner can identify with the little thought bubbles she gives the dogs of what they're thinking in different situations and just life with a dog. So check out Megan Levin's The Goobies. So you finally get your dog and then get another dog. And so you and your sister are now dog people. Yes. How do we get to... Lucky 13 Rescue. So it was actually a long time between when I adopted Robbie and Phyllis with Angela and when I ended up starting to foster. Life happened in between. I got married, had a kid, and then a couple years after Emily was born, Dan and my dog, Zena, passed away. Angela had custody of Robbie and Phyllis uh, because she wasn't yet married and she was like, I just really enjoy having them and Mm -hmm. I... Still got to keep them for weekends and things. We had a joint custody arrangement. And you know there was someone that they love and know. and Yes, exactly. So 
they were still a huge part of my life, but they weren't living with me all the time. And so after Zena passed away, I ended up adopting another dog, Winston, who I still have. He was six years old. He is now nine. And then I started thinking about fostering. I went in asking for an older dog. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I've always done. If I've been looking at a shelter ever since Robbie and Phyllis, I want to see the older dogs, the ones that maybe no one else would look at. So I started thinking of, oh, I could adopt another dog, but you can only adopt so many. So how can I help the most? Mm-hmm. And then fostering came about Becky, our vetting coordinator with Lucky 13, is really great about posting on social media. And I'm a part of our Waldo neighborhood page, as is she. And she would post um, about needing fosters all the time. And I was just kind of enamored with her posts. She always presented Lucky 13 in a very positive way, how much they help out the community. And so I thought about, you know, going with them versus Kansas City Pet Project or Wayside Wives, mm-hmm. which is kind of where I was leaning before. But I saw her post just constantly, and it kept being like, okay, I should consider that, but now it's not a good time. And then finally, I was just like, there's never going to be a perfect time right. to do this. There's always a reason to yeah. say no. And this is something that I've wanted to do for so long now. I really just need to to give it a go. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I'm just going to keep wondering. So I ended up messaging her and filling out a foster application and that's how the ball got rolling and I've loved being a part of Lucky 13. It's so awesome how well that they pair dogs with their foster families and how much they take into account your life and what that you can accommodate and the best for the dog and the foster home. So I feel like they just do a phenomenal job of that. We've had a few different fosters several from Casey Pet Project and some other fosters. There's a lot of opportunities for fostering out there that if, for whatever reason, Casey Pet Project may not seem like a fit because it's too large and you want to connect with with a small group or maybe the location is not convenient where you're at, whether it's Casey Pet Project or another foster. It's kind of like getting a fitness instructor or joining a gym. There's a lot to choose from and they'll all get you in shape, but you need to find the one that's the right location and you feel that connection and, and maybe it's just the personality clicks with, yeah, this is a fit. So if you've tried it somewhere and it's not a fit, try somewhere else. And if you find then one that is a fit, boy, it can just be heaven because you get to help all these dogs. How fulfilling and enriching that must be. It is. It's, so rewarding. It's one of my favorite things that I do. I mean, obviously work is great, but it's not the same as your, I feel like this is my true passion of how many dogs that I can help um, and really fitting them into, to my home before they go into their forever home. Mm -hmm. That uh, stay in foster actually does two things. One, it can accelerate the adoption process because it both makes the dog more adoptable because it helps with the socialization and the de-stressing. And also, as we discussed a moment ago, gets more information about that dog so you can get a better fit, which leads to my second point, which is that those dogs, someone I'm sure has done a study on this, I would bet there are fewer of those dogs returned because someone will adopt a dog with the best of intentions and then after a week when they figure out, okay, this doesn't fit, that what I thought this dog was going to be 
doesn't work with my schedule or my family or whatever conflict there is. But when you have the dog that's socialized and you know its characteristics, its behavior, you're going to make a better fit. And that dog is going to truly be in its forever home and not just temporary and then back into the system because it didn't work. Definitely. I've gotten really lucky where none of the dogs that I've fostered have been returned yet. I mean, it does happen. Mm -hmm. Things come up and that's something that we are really great about working with too. I mean, obviously that's something that we hate to see happen, but when it does... And I would rather have an adopter return a dog because... Maybe their circumstances changed. They got a divorce or their job changed or they had to move and now they're had to move to a city that is has a pit bull ban and they adopted a pit bull. I would rather them bring the dog back to Lucky 13, KC Pet Project, Wayside Waves, than say, well, I'm just going to leave this dog in a kennel all day for it to be miserable or I'm going to abandon it with somebody who is just a neighbor who may or may not have the dog's best interests at heart. If you need to take a dog back, take it back. It's it's a tough decision, but if it's the right decision, do what needs to be done. Yeah, and that's something that we require. If if they do for any reason need to surrender their dog, it has to come back to us. So then we know the history. We've gotten the report mm-hmm. of whatever the issue was in the home, and we can work with the Yeah, you the don't have to start at square one exactly. for adoptability. That it, yeah, if you get a KC Pet Project dog or vice versa, that organization has to figure out something that KC Pet Project already knows if they'd have taken it back to them or that Lucky 13 Rescue would already know if you take it back to Lucky 13. And I'm, I'm sincere when I tell listeners this, you will not be judged. There may be somebody at the org. I can't speak for everyone, that there won't be somebody who looks down their nose at you who's judgy, but those are the people who are judgy of everyone in every circumstance. That's how they live their life. It's not about you. But I can tell you, The organizational culture of rescue groups is bring the dog back. We want what's best for the the dog, dog. and you go on your way. 100%. We're always most concerned with the best interest of the dog. So how does Lucky 13 work? Where do they get dogs? How do they process uh, the dogs from intake to foster and adoption? We have a hotline that folks can call if they're needing to surrender a dog. We also pull from other shelters. We have shelters that we work with um, in rural communities where there's a high kill rate. And if a dog is on the youth list, there's any way that we can help out and, and pull the dog and find a foster home for it. Then a lot of times we get our dogs that way as well. We get a lot of dogs that have been dumped in the country. This summer we had a set of dogs. I believe there were five dogs that were left at an abandoned house when the owners moved away. And the dog that I ended up fostering, her name was Pearl, marched herself over a mile up the road to the neighbor's house. And that's how those dogs ended up getting discovered. They sent Pearl for help. Pearl, Pearl was... You go get help. Yes, she was the the expedition leader. So she went to the neighbor's house and they saw what bad shape she was in and were like, oh, well, we do remember seeing some dogs hanging out at this house. They went to check and sure enough, there were, I believe it was five dogs, if I'm remembering correctly, just kind of fending for themselves in the yard of this house in the middle of nowhere that had been abandoned. So really sad case. They were all in really bad shape worst that I've seen so far. 
Pearl, I took her immediately and you know, started picking the ticks off of her. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, she didn't have any fleas. I don't know how that wasn't a thing, but she had horrible tick infestation, ended up having skin disease. Her eyes were really infected. Um, so helping with her rehab um, was super rewarding. She ended up getting a great home with a couple and living her best life now. So it ended up a good good story for Pearl, but we get a lot of our dogs that way. They've been dumped somewhere and someone reports it and we end up in taking them that way. Dogs are so resilient that we've encountered so many dogs in the shelter that I would understand if that dog was never adoptable, that it was antisocial and untrainable and never would be house trained. And yet that is so rarely the case that the dog is so in the moment that they let that go and they may be skittish or shy, hide under a bed and flinch when you just raise your hand to brush the hair out of your eyes. They think they're going to be beaten but they move on, that they will accept eventually, and sometimes it takes a lot of work, but they'll accept that, okay, this is my home. This person loves me. I can trust this person. Some cases are more challenging than others, but it's so uplifting, I guess is the word I'm looking for, when you see what happens with a dog that's given a chance. Oh, absolutely. They're so appreciative even if the story isn't as rough as Pearl's, but Mm -hmm. you can always see how happy they are to have a consistent place to be, a bed to lay in, food at, you know, the same time every day. So I can definitely see the appreciation in in every dog that I've ever fostered. What would you say to someone who agrees that fostering is beneficial for the dog, but can't understand How do you let that dog go to a forever family when you've had it for a week, a month, several months, have helped it turn its life around? How do you not fall in love with that dog and refuse to give it up? So I'm not going to lie, that part's hard sometimes. I mean, I've loved every dog that I've ever fostered and at some point considered keeping all of them, but it's just not doable. And I think the thing that helps you let go is when you finally meet the family that, you know, they're meant to be with and you see the connection and you get updates after they're gone from, from your house and you get to see photos mm-hmm. and Christmas letters and all of that is so awesome. And just the fact that you can help not only one dog or two dogs or three dogs, but 20 plus dogs have that same happy ending. It's totally worth having to say goodbye. It's a, the same part of us that makes a parent want their child to live their best life, to find their mate and be successful and uh, not just live in their basement (laughs) (laughs) forever. That you want what's best for them and you want to have them around, but that's not what's best for them. Yeah. Give them their best life. Or even if it is, like I think they've all would have had perfectly happy homes, but then I would have had to stop at dog two. Mm-hmm. So I think the longevity of, of what I can do by giving them up is what makes it so much easier. For our listeners who want to know more about Lucky 13 Rescue, a link for Lucky 13 is in the description. 
that has the phone number to call the hotline, but also I'm sure it has information for anyone who wants to support Lucky 13. What are the different ways that people can support Lucky 13 Rescue? So one of our biggest needs currently is foster homes. We work only out of foster homes. We don't have a shelter space, so we can't intake more dogs until we have more foster homes. So right now we have lots of amazing fosters, but we would love to grow our foster families and that way that we can intake even more dogs right now I think we have about nine dogs on our list that are waiting to come into our organization until we have homes for them so that's our biggest need how does a dog get matched with a home does a a foster home have a set of criteria that I only want this breed or this size or this age or how many dogs I can take? So that's definitely a huge factor. And um, Lucky 13 is so respectful of, you know, what you can reasonably accommodate. So I can take myself for an example. I typically only do smaller dogs because I have cats. Then I don't have to worry about cat aggression and things Mm -hmm. like that. And then space. You know, I have a small home, although typically... This is the first time I've only had one foster in a while. I'm crazy. And I usually Mm -hmm. do two at a time. But, you know, there's some fosters who say, you know, one is my limit or two is my limit or, you know, this is the time of year that works best for me. I prefer big dogs or smaller dogs. We don't have a lot of people that are, to my knowledge, breed specific, Mm -hmm. but... Definitely size is a big factor. So you can have your criteria and you have the opportunity to refuse. Oh, yeah. yeah, My my family, we're going on vacation. We're going to be out of town for the next week and not to be too obscure with the reference. It's not like the Bourne Identity movies where the Treadstone operatives get a text and they drop everything. I'm, I'm on my mission. I have to go. No questions asked. They don't do that to your fosters that we're going to make sure it's a fit. And, and even if the dog fits all your criteria, but this just isn't a good time right now. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm Um, under the weather or my kid is sick. Okay, we understand, but you have to be a responsible foster and be honest about why you're in the program. Yeah, definitely. As far as vacations go, um, we'll have fosters that step up and and help out. Like if a family has a dog that's more long-term, like some of mine have been, I've had them for several months Mm -hmm. and we end up going on vacation. Then another foster will oftentimes step up and say, oh, I'll take the foster for the week that you're gone. And we also have a great foster who has a boarding facility. So a lot of times she'll be able to board the dog for the vacation period. There's a lot of ways that we can work around that if it's already a dog that's in foster. But otherwise, we usually just encourage you, okay, after vacation, then we can look for the right dog for mm. you and we'll start from there. So, so it's a very connective, supportive yes, community. Absolutely. The Foster option may not be for everyone. What other ways can someone support Lucky 13 Rescue? Um, Donations are greatly needed. We've had a lot of dogs with severe medical conditions. Uh, Right now, my current foster is heartworm positive. His name is Oliver, and he's just the best. So if you're looking for a senior with some special needs, Oliver's been highlighted on our Facebook page many times. So check him out. He is just the best. And a link to the Facebook page will also be in the description. Yes. We post our dogs frequently so that people can kind of gain an idea of their personalities. But I digress. <laughs> and, and I'm going to join you in that digression. Even if you're not looking for a dog, if you follow Lucky 13 Rescue's Facebook page, just as if you follow Rosie Fun's Facebook page, you may see a dog and realize, 
my friend who's looking for a dog or my friend who just lost a dog, this might be a fit. And you can share it. And that sharing is invaluable. Yes. Especially for, I know we were talking about needing donations. So a lot of our opportunities for donations happen on social media. So that's something that's huge is if you can share that. And then your other rescue passionate friends who might have five extra dollars to donate can see that. And that's something that's super quick easy and makes a big impact. If everyone donates $5 on a Friday, then, you know, that Mm -hmm. could cover an entire vet bill for the week. So that's a huge need is always donations. And then fostering are the two big needs right now. Is your fundraising primarily just people donating on the website or we actually Facebook? have an opportunity coming up if anyone wants to get involved in person at hamburger mary's which is downtown they have awesome food and they do a bingo fundraiser event on march 6th at 4 p.m we're doing a lucky 13 hamburger mary's bingo it's a lot of fun I've been before and it was a blast. You have a chance to win prizes. Uh, who doesn't love bingo? So if that's something I prefer to kind of take part in an in-person event that we have coming up. This isn't the first event that Hamburger Mary's has hosted. They know what they're doing. They do. And, it's and so we've much been fun. in the pandemic long enough that I am confident Hamburger Mary's has figured out how to pull this off. If you're immune compromised, don't go to the fundraiser. Go to the Lucky 13 Rescue website and make a donation. But for those of you who are not immune compromised, this will be a safe and fun way to help a great cause. Yep. And it puts you in direct contact with our director. If you have any questions and you'd rather talk in person, most of us who are really involved will be there. And that way you can ask your questions in person if that's something that you'd prefer to do. Otherwise, I highly recommend if you have any questions about fostering or how you can get involved, other volunteer opportunities, reach out via instant messenger on Facebook. Mandy is super responsive. She answers all of our questions almost 24 hours a day. As soon as she sees it, she's on it. So if you have any questions at all, don't hesitate to reach out. Lucky 13 Rescue. I'm So excited that you joined me today, Stephanie Robinson, and that we're able to present another opportunity for our listeners to make dogs' lives better. We've had multiple rescues and fosters and organizations on. Maybe some of those weren't a fit. Maybe this one is. Maybe it's not a fit for you, but it's a fit for someone else in your life. So still follow, like, share, do all those social media things so that if it's a fit for you, great. If it's not, you'll get the word out to someone who does want to be a part of Lucky 13 Rescue. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you've been listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Thank you to Stephanie Robinson for joining us today. There are links to Lucky 13 Rescue's website and Facebook page in the description, as well as a direct link to their event page for more information on the charity bingo fundraiser at Hamburger Mary's. Since we mentioned Frenchies in this episode, I've included a link to our Megan Levins interview and her Patreon page that gives you full access to her webcomic, The Goobies, a delight for all dog lovers. Remember, if you commission a sketch from Ashley Shans, please use the keyword Rosie to make Rosie fund the beneficiary charity. Next time on Dog Words, learn about drug compounding with Alan Chan of Golden Gate Veterinary Compounding Pharmacy. 
If you have a pet or livestock, you'll want to hear this interview. A big thank you to Alternative String Duo The Wires, featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan Parks for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of Dog Words. Supporting The Wires supports our mission. Learn more about The Wires at thewires.info and download their music on iTunes. Check out fiddlelife.com and learn to play fiddle and cello fiddle online from Laurel and Sasha, even if you've never played before. Celebrate five years of Rosie Fund by supporting our campaign to sponsor 50 dogs. You can donate on our website or Facebook page. You can also contribute by making a purchase from the store on our website or buying a t-shirt at bonfire.com. Links are in the description. As always, please download, subscribe, rate, and please share DogWords. This helps us with sponsorships, then Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions at rosiefund.org, and let us know if you would like to be a sponsor of the DogWords podcast. Thank you for listening, and remember, we save each other.